Hello, creators, and welcome to the Create and Relate podcast, where we talk about creating content and growing your influence. And today, we have a very special episode because I'm going to get a little bit nostalgic and, and kind of talk about where it all started. Not from my own eyes, but a friend and colleague's eyes, and his name is Mazion. I just know him by Maz. You know, as content creators, we all start with something different in mind. Our own versions of what we may have seen on YouTube or Twitch or Mixer or what we've taken inspiration from. Maybe it's a sitcom or a television show or a movie or a character. Or what we imagine the process should look like. And today we're going to be discussing how to get started with content creation with someone that has a really interesting story about how he began his journey as a part-time YouTuber and ended up as a full-time streamer. Today, we have a special guest on. His name is Mazion. I have mispronounced it multiple times as Mazion <laughs> because I call him Maz for short. He's a good friend, a longtime content creator, and a colleague of mine that I look up to. Welcome to the show, Maz. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> hey, man. How's it going? It's uh, it's been a good day. Um, everything is it's kind of crazy lately, you know, with the move and stuff. But besides that, uh, everything's everything's amazing. Very cool, man. Very cool. We are going to talk a little bit about starting out as a content creator today, and you have a what I think is a really really interesting story when it comes to starting because you not only started twice, you literally changed. Everything, once you went full-time, you went to YouTube, then you stopped YouTube, then you started YouTube again, and then you went to streaming, and then you stopped YouTube altogether and continued to stream full-time by itself. That is yeah, exactly what happened. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. It wasn't really what I wanted to have happen, but that's, that's the way it went. Right. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about that and what those decisions look like for you and 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 how you made them and and the type of struggles that you went through um to, that 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 put you in that position. So, um what uh, let's just start off simple. Mazion, what does it mean? What does Mazion mean? Where did it come from? Is it a gamer tag? So Mazion is a, a name that I made for a wizard in Dungeons and Dragons when I was 11 years old. So that was 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So even and before the, gamers, even before video games, the tag was created. That's that's hardcore, babe. It is. It was a really <laughs> long time ago. And so it's funny because uh, for a really long time, I, I saw no reference to the name whatsoever. But then in my mid-20s, I found out that it's also the name of a city in Europe. And uh, <laughs> other people are, are, are trying to use this gamer tag. And, and honestly, like the biggest pain in the butt thing is for some reason, people sign up with one of my email addresses all the time for crap like Fido and and freaking all these newsletters and all this other crap that are like they sign up for accounts like with amazon and ebay 
and I have to like I have to log in and take it over and then shut it down and cancel all their oh orders. And I'm like, this is not your account. This is not your email account. Stop it, dude. And uh, it's been going on for like the last ten or fifteen years. So even you were even getting your name hijacked before you were you were popular. <laughs> That's because we yeah. both probably go through that frustration a lot, right? Once your name starts getting out of there, people use it as gamer tags and and on accounts and stuff like that. So you go. Oh, that's a new social media profile I'm going to check into. And all of a sudden it's taken. So you got to put numbers behind it or all that TV. stuff. TV. Mazzy on TV. I like that. That's, that's good. Oh, I shouldn't have told anybody. Crap. And I keep salt calling you Mazzy on. I'm probably going to mispronounce your name for the rest of your life. I should, just, okay. call you or Ma- you could- I should just call you Maz. Just call me Maz, dude. That's what everybody calls me. I mean, you know. For the purposes of the the podcast, I like people to hear that name so it gets burnt into their head and they subscribe to you and are longtime loyal fans. Mazion. Mazion. So so tell me about your channel and your show, man. Mazion streams right now, full time, five days a week, six days a week. Uh, five days a week uh, now. I, I did, you know, the content creation for me and for a lot of us was seven days a week, uh, you know, 365 days a year for a really long time. But after a while, um, friends and family and and that kind of stuff convinced me that it's it's probably best for me to have a couple of days off um, where we get when we got to a point where I could, you know, financially pay the bills and support and stuff. Um, it's it's really good for people's sanity. Um, everyone needs a rest. Sure. You know, when you when you're an entrepreneur it's really good to go seven days a week for you know full hardcore hammer for for a few years but um after a while you really you really need to slow down with that kind of crap i couldn't agree more man hard work is is valuable and you really need to kill it when when you have the momentum you shouldn't stop but when you when you have time for a break and you especially when you realize there's certain levels of your life that have been neglected for a long time and you really need to pay attention to them again um it, it takes a long time to develop that and a lot of discipline because we pour our hearts and our lives into these this content that we create and we just want to be successful and it's hard to step back, especially when things are so busy, you know. Um, so what motivated you to start? Like, how did you end up saying, you know what, I want to do a YouTube video? Uh, so way back in the day, way back in the day, uh, Slipgator was first getting into it and, you know, obviously had, had nobody watching him at that time. And it was, uh, you know, something that was new and exciting. Um, and I was thinking about it, too. And I was like, you know, maybe I should try this because I'm into performance arts. Like I did like theater and all that stuff. And then on top of that, I had been playing video games since I was, you know, five, four, like back in the day, Atari before that. Uh, you know, we had this like tank treads game that's just plugged into the TV and like we've been playing video games uh, since the beginning of time. So trying to, to take both of these passions and, and kind of throw them together equals, you know, content creation and it just kind of fits. So um, I thought I would give it a shot with Cube World in 2012. So <laughs> way back in the day. And uh, unfortunately, after I'd started doing that, cube world developers bolted and i wasn't really privy to um the kind of mindset that you need to have as a content creator back then and so once they had bolted and that was kind of like i chosen that it's like my game this is my game i'm gonna play cube world on my channel it's gonna be it i'm gonna make all of the tutorials and do all of the things mm-hmm. and then when they took the money and ran and stopped developing i was like crap and i gave up because i was full-time job back then and and doing other things to try to support my family and stuff so, right. uh yep 
took a took a took a dive so like, that was that was that was the mentality back then is just to pick a game and and go all into it and and try to build momentum that way um and that was that was your strategy based on what you had known from slip or was there a little bit more that you tried to do slip was really successful at minecraft early on well at, when probably when you got into it he was seeing he was starting to see a little bit of success and when i say a little bit of success he probably had a few thousand subscribers back then which at the time is probably really huge for him um so that's a pretty good milestone so did you go outside of that um of slip to to actually learn a little bit about how to put videos together and edit it and record and all this stuff Oh, for sure. I didn't like, I didn't like hit him up and, and just bug the crap out of him or anything like that. Um, I, you know, I watched other YouTubers and I watched other tutorials and, and I watched all kinds of content to, to prepare for it. And I, and so when I did that, um, I actually chose cube world in specifically because it wasn't in the same market or it wasn't really, it, it means in the same market because of, because of, um, survival games, but it wasn't the same game as what Slipgator was. So I didn't want to like try to uh, get in the same market as him in that in that aspect, like right. Minecraft market. So that's that's what I did. That's how I started with Cube World in 2012. Well, I mean, the, the, it's the, probably the same reason I started with it too, is because it appealed to the same type of audience that uh, really liked Minecraft. It was that blocky look, you know, and it was like, oh, everything's it looks like Minecraft, but it's not Minecraft, and we can play it like that, and our audiences might like it, you know, and. It was uh, yep. that was our strategy. That was our thinking back then. Um, yes, that and the other thing being that uh, Minecraft, I had already played a ton in my in my in my life. I'd already played Minecraft a ton by that point. So I was like, well, you know, this is new and exciting and different, and maybe this is the next thing. Yeah, and and I I think a lot of people thought the same thing. There's a reason that they still have a following today. A lot of people really gravitated toward it. It was it was a great idea. It just wasn't very well executed. Um, at the time so what software did you use back then recording software actually fraps uh, i started off trying to use fraps and stuff like that um what was it fraps and then there was this other one man this was other one that that rivaled fraps that had multi-tracks and what was it called started with an a it was so you know my memory is terrible no i I, I, I know what you're talking about um, but it, it's another junky thing. Like eventually you get into good stuff like uh, like OBS or um, mirrorless action. Like yeah. we, now now we're like we we know better. We're like, well, I mean, Fraps is great if you just want raw video. Uh, but if you need functionality and options, then there are some other programs that have a better. Yeah, because when if you go from the newer stuff to something like Fraps, the the first thing that's going to strike you is wow, this audio codec is terrible. Second of all is, holy crap, what's happening to my system resources? Where's all my CPU going? You know, I mean, we're starting off here, so we don't have a gaming rig yet. And they're just like so, so heavy on system resources, man. They're, they're resource hogs. Um, so as far as you learning to edit and stuff, you just watch tutorials. Like, this is how to make a YouTube video. You looked it up. You searched it. You saw how to do it, and you just executed. You play the game, you hit record with the software, and you published it. Um, yeah, actually, at that time, I was that's a, a, definitely a realm where I where I looked to Slipgator for a little bit of guidance. Um, it really wasn't hard to work with the software. It so it really like literally took like five minutes for him to be like, "Well, 
this is how you overlap the tracks. So it'll create a transition fade. You just stick your intro in the beginning, stick that in the, in the end, and then here's That's how you it. export. And then you're like, okay, well, thanks, buddy. You know. So when you That's put them on the YouTube, only questions I needed to ask. When you put it on YouTube, was there any? Did you even have? Because I didn't, and, and this is what I'm trying to get to. Did you have any strategy on discoverability? Like you, for, for me, I just put it out on a channel and and said people are going to look at it, and it didn't work. And I was like, why? <laughs> you know, did you do the same thing? You kind of just put it out there. This is before I knew anything about keywords or metadata or anything. Okay, so pre so previously I had experience with uh, HTML and PHP and ASP web programming and stuff. So I knew how meta tags worked, and so looking at the functionality of YouTube and what it allowed you to set in there, I knew that the tags at the bottom were going to be searchability. And so I did put stuff into those tags. Um, what exactly to put in there and what were the the best cases, like the best things to use? I, I probably didn't uh, know that at the time. And the fact that the YouTube algorithm searches in multiple places, including the title and description, I don't think I put all of that together quite right away. That uh, redundancy was probably the best case. But yeah, at first I did kind of have an understanding that the tags at the bottom was something I needed to do for search. And uh, and obviously as as time went on and I worked with you and I worked with Slipgator and I worked with all kinds of other uh, content creators, I, I learned like the legit right. story. So I didn't pick that up for two years, man. I literally Damn. just uploaded stuff for a long time without even knowing about it. And I really don't know back then how I expected <laughs> for people to find it. Like, I guess I, I I don't think I've thought about discoverability at all. Like, I don't know. It was just weird. It was almost like I was playing games with YouTube as just something that happened afterwards, you know? Um, so as far as that setup versus your setup now, what what programs and kind of equipment do you have and why did you choose those? Do you want hardware and software? Yeah, software first. Let's go software first. So what do you use to capture your video right now? I currently am using open broadcast software, which is OBS. You'll hear that used a lot. I do not use Slobs, which is Streamlabs OBS. Now, um, I, now we've talked about my memory. Unfortunately, there's there's some sort of problem with slobs that other content creators that I'm aware of that are professionals, uh, they've had issues. And so they've switched back from slobs to OBS. And instead of trying to figure out whether or not that's going to work for me or not, I just didn't bother because I'm already comfortable with OBS. So that's why I use it. I usually recommend to new new content creators to use slobs because of the the easy um, the easy overlays and stuff that you can you can add in and use. But I use OBS for software and for any video editing that I use that I do now. I use um, Adobe Premiere and Photoshop to do all of the things that I need to do. Right. Um, during streaming, I use all kinds of other stuff. Um, currently, I'm still playing music on my stream, which people, you know, it, it looks like it might be a problem uh, in the next year or two. I'm not really sure yet. I use Snip to show. Snip is this program that will take all your crap out of Spotify um, and and or rather it'll take the, the artist and title of, of a song and then put it into a text file and you can use Snip to, to push it to your screen in OBS. So I use stream labels to push another, a whole bunch of other content to the screen and I also use it to monitor what's going on with donations and alerts and anything that's happening on the channel so that I don't have to try to see in my tiny OBS window what's happening. Right. Um, Streamlabs chatbot something that I've adopted recently and I use that to 
do there's some of the functionality with the Streamlabs chatbot that my own written chatbot, which was written by Zapdos and November Lima back in the day, does not have. So we've got actually two chatbots now, one that does most of the functionality and keeps track of most of the text-based um, things that happen quite often. And then Streamlabs chatbot, which I used to shout out like top 10 donators when they come in the channel and that kind of stuff. I've got two computers. I've got a streaming machine and I've got a um, gaming machine. So in order to bounce audio back and forth, forth may the force be with you. I use a vo voice meter banana uh, to bounce audio back and forth. And I use a program called Synergy to use my uh, to use my mouse on both screens. Is there anything I'm leaving out? Did I get all of the things that I, I use Stream Deck? I've got a Stream Deck. Right. You got a Stream Deck too. And it's got uh, software that's used. That's that's all the software. I, I And now video games, lots of video games, that's that software. So I want, I want chat and the viewers and the listeners to notice how much he just said based on his current setup versus his old setup. And I think that's the evolution of everyone. Like, it's when it when you come down to it, and all of these things were learned piece by piece, right? Nothing, none of this was just downloaded to you. You just had to. I want to be able to do this because I see it on this stream, or I see this functionality in a video, or I want this functionality, and all in a sudden, I don't know how to do it. So I have to find out which software to do it. I have to ask people to do it. I implement it, and then we have it. And then you go a little bit further, and you do it again, and until you finally have. The show, you know, you finally have your show the way you want it. And you still probably look at every once in a while. I know I do. Always. I, I see always. stuff. I see stuff and I'm like, oh, I, that's that's great. You know, you should always innovate. So if this if this channel is about I mean, this podcast is about people trying to start content creation or help bolster their constant content creation. If you want to make sure that you can continue to grow, it's important to innovate and stay relevant. You should always be looking for ways to improve your stream. Um, and the, uh, one of the ways that I've always explained it is you're, you're in entertainment, right? And the, there's a couple of, of uh, senses that you're trying to entice. You're trying to entice audio senses and you're trying to entice vi visual senses. So you need to find the ways that will make um, your stream pleasing visually. And you need to find ways to entice your audience with audio. Yep, absolutely. And I don't know if audio, audio will make a stream but I know it'll break a stream. You know, right. if you have bad well, mic, for instance, you'll run off more people than you'll keep with good audio is what I mean by that. Well, I use audio as a blanket term. Um, so I, I actually, what I mean when I say that is for instance, when you first started doing YouTube, I bet that you and I both uh, didn't know what to say. Right. Right. So you're sitting there and you're like, Oh man. So what am I going to, Oh, Hey guys, I'm, playing video games mm -hmm. and walking around and then so eventually you learn that that that's not interesting and and you're trying to entice the ears of the person that is watching your video so you start to learn what to say when to say it um you start to use audio cues that you say all the time like be excellent to each other i use it every the end of every video that kind of stuff so when i say enticed by audio i mean like all of the aspects of audio and how you can engage your your audience with audio absolutely man absolutely um when you started off, did you have any misconceptions about how to stream or how to record in general? Like, did you like was when when you start like I know, for instance, I looked at graphics a lot as something that, oh, man, that's a fancy channel banner or, oh, they have a great alert on their stream or whatever. Is there anything that you paid particular attention to that one day somebody just said, 
hate it doesn't really matter <laughs> or you figured out like hey this doesn't really matter uh so i mean i think that we tell ourselves that things don't matter and and i think that some things might matter more than others but i think even subliminally when when you are engaging a person that's a that's a viewer um i think that paying attention to every detail is your job and it's best to try to make every detail the best that it can be and it's a whole package when you're trying to sure. to sell a channel so I, I don't really think of it in that way i try to always be like you know this is important that's important um and maybe 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 make an order of importance but no i would never discount anything i think personally. i think that's i think you nailed it right there making an order of importance probably in what and 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 at a certain level there be a threshold to saying this is what shouldn't hold me back like this is what shouldn't paralyze me into not doing it so if you can't pay for professional graphics for instance like you know great thumbnails or channel banners or something do you not start a youtube channel of course not you know um but even microphones like we grew even with terrible microphones for instance and not knowing what to say so a lot of that stuff that people dwell on, I don't think you should. It should stop you from creating, but it's something that you should aspire to improve as you go. You know. Oh, I totally agree, and I, I mean, obviously, the product, the product of your channel is you're you're the product. So, learning how to um, get better at making videos, how how better to engage your audience with your voice, how, that kind of stuff. That's the thing that really matters. So, your mic matters less. Your 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 Images matter less, the visual effects, your intro, your outro, that stuff matters less than you as a person and how you're engaging your audience. Yeah. So that's like number one. So start, if, if you don't let anything hold you back, if you want to start, make videos because the only way you're going to get better at that stuff is by making more, more and more right. videos. Yeah. So how did you gauge success back then? Like what were the kind of things that kept you motivated and what were the kind of things that were just like, you know what, screw it, I'm quitting. <laughs> well, I never did that. So um, I was very fortunate in, in a way that others are very often not fortunate, which um, I was in proximity of a ton of really big YouTubers. Uh, when I, my, on my second go, my second run through YouTube, um, I was thrust on the Press Z to Poop um, ARC server, which you were obviously a part of, you and um, Slipgator. And at that time, I don't how many other was King Daddy DMAC back then? Back Pressy to Poop? I don't remember. If, I don't remember either. I, I, um, I don't remember, but it, 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 it turned into Poop and Evolved shortly after the first season. And I think Pressy to Poop was, I think you came in on the back end of when Slip and I were, I think we were kind of just finishing up our season and we decided to get our own stuff together uh, after that to make it more YouTube centric. Right. And so. During that time, I was in proximity of you guys. You know, I forgot the question. <laughs> so I wanted to know what type of stuff motivated you oh, to get you started right. or, or to keep you going. So I had all you guys and then I and then I had a tons of great advice like right away when I was when because by that time Slipgator was already was already going. You know what I mean? I think it's about 150K when I got there. Um, and I don't remember where you were you were at around that time. Maybe maybe. 90 100 we were exploding uh, right then when you came right out. right after that you know you guys blew blew up pretty hardcore um but so i had all the good advice man and one of the things that i was told early on that i kept you know very close close was that 
when you start content creation, you can't ever take a break. T make a schedule, stick to your schedule, and then do the schedule for indefinitely. Um, and so that was one of the first things that was ever told to me. And I was like, all right, well, I better do that. And so, you know, uh, don't get discouraged as part of that. Like, you can't let this stuff discourage you. You're going to have up days. You're going to have down days. And some of this, for some people, is more natural than others, obviously. Like, um, it was more natural for me to know that, like, not every week is going to be an amazing week. Just, just gonna, it's going to fluctuate due to statistics and uh, times of year that people are in school or out of school and like all these other holidays, off holidays, all kinds of other factors are going to make it fluctuate. So I just kept that in mind. I kept in mind that tenacity is the way to succeed. And I just pushed on forward. And luckily, like I said, my proximity um, helped bolster. I went up to, you know, 50 or 60,000 viewers, uh, uh, subscribers, like in like a year. Right. It was like ridiculous. And then so the proximity did that for me and all the great advice from from you and Slipgator and and later on other people that came into the Pooping Evolved community. Um, I was very fortunate and I'm very blessed uh in that way it's not everybody gets those opportunities and i was very fortunate to have those opportunities right. so. well don't discount your networking skill as well like you did you no. did some of your own networking um talk to me a little bit about how getting into that circle and how collabs worked i know you and i have had the discussion that we didn't do a whole lot of collabs back then and i think it uh, it centers a lot around um when a youtuber gets that schedule and gets that those deadlines in his head uh, or a creator in general gets those deadlines in his head. I have to do this. So if I have time, I'm going to negotiate time for other things. But right now it's just this video. So I, for a long time, I didn't think about setting up collabs outside of my comfort zone because I had an agenda and that was all. And if anybody wanted to join, that was great, but I didn't set anything up. Um, so how did you, how did you look at collabs back then and, and, and initiate them? Um, obviously collaboration, especially when you're smaller than everybody around you is a, is a really great way, um, to take advantage of proximity and, you know, grow. So I, I was really open to the, to the concept, but I didn't want to also, at, at that time, um, everybody was much more experienced than I was. I didn't want to bother people with collaborations a lot. And when I, when I looked at the community and how it, how it collaborated at first, you know, in every community, when you first get the community going everybody collaborates and then eventually things kind of break down uh, i think partially because everybody realizes that in order because everyone's an entrepreneur in that in this in this business so everybody realizes that i have to i have to entice my audience with my product and i have to make sure that i do that on a regular basis so i need to schedule things in a way that works for me all the time and then if i can grab outside uh, uh that people to hang out with and play with and then do collaborations to to um, further proximity for for both of us for mutually mutually beneficial relationships and stuff like that make that occur. Plus, uh, a lot of people you know will have friends in the business or people that they they feel like they uh, gravitate towards or meld with better than others, and so you'll get you'll see collaborations between two people that have that kind of thing uh, quite more often too. But I think that in the end, we're in the end we all die alone. <laughs> yeah so. kind of man kind of it's it's morbid but it's true you have to you have to you have to do what you have to do and anybody else that that can that can make the that can make the train jump on baby but it's 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 going you know um right. so how do you now that naturally that that's a lot different because you've already developed your community and that wasn't all due to proximity especially since you started this twitch thing 
how how do you promote your stream now like how do you do you just show up and hope that things happen kind of like i did in the past or is there anything that you do that you think can add um the potential to get seen more um on on your chosen platform even social media yeah, obviously, there's a lot of different strategies for this particular subject, and they, this words something that I will admit that I have not been doing well lately, and it's directly centered around this house thing that I have going. Um, so for the past several months, I've been doing tons of paperwork and phone calls and trying to figure out all kinds of crap. And so um, when stuff like that happens in your life and your life gets really super busy, it's really hard to be great at the at what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but definite boons to trying to bolster your channel and, and getting people to see your channel or your social media platform so you're looking at twitter which is one of the biggest i believe for our particular outleted content creation um instagram is also very big but the way that you have to approach instagram as a social media platform varies greatly from uh twitter and then uh, Facebook has been terrible for me. I don't know how it is for you. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but, you know. Yeah, I've I've had I've I've had uh, I've had rants about Facebook, and I I really don't like the way it works for content creators. But you know they're making a they're making a break for it recently. I don't think it's something to be discounted. Um, a wise person mm -hmm. told me a little while back that paying attention, not paying attention to a specific social media that has a large viewer base is selfish and ultimately limiting. Uh, just because I don't like Snapchat doesn't mean I can't reach an audience on Snapchat. So at the very least, um, there are tools out there that can help you mirror your presence on social media. And while they're not as effective as, as original pieces of content uh, that are designed for those particular things in social media, um, getting if you if you're if you're big on Instagram, getting your Instagram to feed to your Twitter is huge, even if you never touch Twitter, because it's a second place for people to discover to discover you. It's a second algorithm for discoverability. And if every 10 posts that you put on Instagram only get you one like on Facebook or one share on Twitter, that might be someone that comes into your stream and donates a thousand bucks to you tomorrow because they hear your yeah. message. Yeah, it's quite possible. Um, unfortunately, the problem for me with Facebook is recently they limited themselves by disallowing Twitter messages to be pushed to their platform. Mm -hmm. And as you're probably aware, Twitter allows you to push from anywhere. Um, and I, I don't like when companies take this stance. I don't like when like, uh, like this Apple, the Apple PC thing where things are not mm -hmm. compatible with one another for certain reasons or in certain places. Uh, I think that the company that will take their their platform and they'll make it open to everybody. I think that's the best move uh, that a business can make. I think it's it takes the business and it shows that the business is not selfish. Um, it allows for more innovation with other third party applications and all kinds of other stuff like that. And so recently, everything I had on Twitter pushed to Facebook, and then Facebook was like, oh, by the way, we're not going to do that anymore. Also, we're starting Facebook games. So basically what they're doing is they're trying to take the market. They're trying to pull it into their own mm -hmm. niche. And um, I think that's very selfish, and I think it's a very backwards way of doing business. So I, that's why I'm, I don't even I – don't, I don't support Facebook anymore. It's a, it's a moral them. stance then. More, yeah, I mean more. sort of, but it really – it doesn't – The pro, one of the problems is – so if you want to monitor every social media platform that you have, now you've got – Instagram, you've got um, Twitter, you've got 
Snapchat, you've got Facebook, you've got what Tumblr, you got you have all kinds Don't of other crap. Don't forget TikTok. Don't forget TikTok. <laughs> and so this, <laughs> this, this <laughs> you probably could do that with like eighteen other things. Um, and, and you've got a family. I've got a family. Mm-hmm. I've got other stuff that I that I have to do during the day. I do try to keep up with social media, but. Um, it's one of those things where you gotta you gotta choose where your resources are going, and if your resources are going in a place where you've got nine thousand followers, or your resources are going into a place where you've got one thousand followers, which is basically how my Twitter to Facebook looks. Right. It's nine thousand versus one thousand. People don't seem very interested on Facebook, and a lot of times people have Twitter and Facebook, or they don't have Facebook. <laughs> it seems at this point. Right. So. Um, that's why I don't, I don't, it's, it's a combination of factors that makes Facebook not a focus for me right now. Sorry, Facebook. I don't, I'm not trying to slam you. It's just, it's just, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. <laughs> right. So just, just out of, out of uh, context here, there's, there's some tools that I could help you, that I can show you that I use to help just push those, um, push those tweets, uh, regardless if Facebook wants them or not. Um, oh. There's a couple of, of tools out there that I use that, that do that very well. Um, but we should have thought of that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there's, there's tools out there. That's, that's what this program is all about though. Right. Um, is helping people learn. So we, we learn how you promote your stream now. And a lot of it has to do with social media. Um, what are some of your goals? And I know you really have this, this current house purchase that's taken up a bunch of your time. So your focus is there, but picture Maz like, maybe four or five months ago when only your, your only focuses were your content and your family. How, how, how did you picture, where do you picture your channels going and how do you think you're making progress towards those goals? Okay. So basically the way the channel is supposed to work, which it hasn't been working that way for months because of the house, like we talked about, um, is that I, I want to have at the beginning of every stream or maybe be, I have two portions of my- because I'm three to seven and eight to, mid- eight to midnight with a dinner break in the middle. Um, and so maybe at the first hour of the first stream or the, or the first and the second is Indie, Indie Showcase, Indie Spotlight. And it's something that I did, but I never really named uh, in the past. And basically the way that I like the channel to work is I like to sh- showcase upcoming or current content, um, AAA titles, Indie titles. It doesn't really matter as long as it's games that I enjoy, that I will, that I will like to play on the channel so that it, it translates to enjoyment for the viewer, that kind of deal. But the indie game spotlight is something I was doing, and I did it pretty regularly, um, focused on trying to get keys for myself to showcase games at least, and at the best case scenario, get as many keys as possible to give to the audience. And this is a, it's a it works in two ways. One is that I, I love my community and I want to give them free, free stuff. I want to give them free games. We, you know, like once a month we give away, we give, I give away something at the end of every month based on the, the income from two months ago. Because that 45 day payout from Twitch and whatnot. Right. So we, I'm always trying to find ways to to give back to the community because they give so much to me. So this is one of the ways that I can do that is I can get indie keys. I can give away as many as possible. So I try to do that as often as possible. I get an indie key from a developer and I run an email back. Do you have any more keys? I'll do a promotional giveaway. Um, a lot of times they will. Sometimes they won't. But that's one of the reasons. Another reason is because it works for the advertiser or the uh, game development they want to advertise their product, right? And they want people sure. to buy the product. So now I'm now I'm showcasing their product on my channel. And we create a giveaway situation, which if people have already watched the game for the last hour, it is something they're interested in. They want to get it, so they work for the giveaway. And then 
the giveaway doesn't work out for them, but they still want the game. And that giveaway situation where they wanted the game but didn't get it creates a sense of longing for them to purchase it. So I love that, for, man. It, it creates a need for something that I think is so underrated, and that's indie. My heart's in indie. You know that, man. I've been yeah, indie for a long yeah. time. So this is the and so that's you know one of the main things and eventually hopefully translates if the channel ever gets big enough which cross fingers this is what I want my life to be uh, I want <laughs> I want to get to the point where AAA titles are giving me those you know what I mean I want to yeah. get to the point where where I'm getting uh, the big the big guys are giving me stuff early and then I can showcase that for the audience early um, and maybe if they want to I don't know I've never I never was have worked with AAA titles in in early in early development but it would be great if uh, they would for our audience allow certain people to get access to the alpha so yeah. that's the ultimate goal um, the channel is supposed to showcase for the viewer content that they might be interested in it's also a place for them to have a wonderful time uh, get away from their woes and worries and have a great time with some great people and then hopefully get some free stuff which which happens up that's good, man. I, I visited your stream a number of times, naturally, and um, you have a very positive place, man. You have a happy place. I've, I've never gone to your streams. Like, I visited a lot of streams that I'm like, oh, man, this guy's miserable, or this gal's just sad, or she must be going through a tough time right now, you know? And I don't, I don't think I've been to your channel one time and saw you anything less than entertainingly flustered. <laughs> which is which is extremely hard to do when you spend as much time as you do on camera um so you you probably make a lot of people smile in a day man i hope so man honestly uh i'm i'm like super super lucky in the fact that like things don't piss me off <laughs> yeah that's just, great they just don't i just don't get pissed off about stuff stuff happens in the game i'm just like oh well that's life you know i it died just, screw it bother yeah. Me. yeah right like I don't get mad at the developers because this isn't the way it's supposed to be, or that's not the way it's supposed to be. And I don't get mad because I'm frustrated because I died. I might get like a little like, Wah! but that's not really <laughs> anger or like pissed offness or anything as much as it's just kind of entertaining flusteredness. Like I, had, you said. I had a guy that uh, a comment on my video, a uh, video the other day about Anthem. And he said, you know what really aggravates me about you is that you never say anything bad about the games that you play. And I said to him, me not playing a game on my channel is speaking loudly enough about it as it is. It's kind of like someone in your life that aggravates you. You just disassociate yourself with them. You just ignore them, you know? And I think that's, I think that's exactly what, what I think you hit the nail on the head right there, man, is, is just like, don't let stuff like that get to you. Like, there's a lot of, there's too many things in life that are great to pay attention to the stuff that ain't. If you can avoid it. And I know sometimes it's heavy, you know, but a lot of people, you know what I mean? Pick your battles, man. Exactly. Pick your battles. Super important in yeah. life. And I think it's a lesson that uh, we, we all need to learn at some point or another. Um, I just, I, I got lucky. It's like innately ingrained in my brain or my heart or somewhere in my butt. I'm not really sure. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope, uh, I hope you don't have to share if it's ingrained in there. Um, <laughs> so, Let's wrap it up. What's one piece of advice you would give to up and coming streamers um, or YouTubers when you know they they're getting their they're they're looking for advice on the internet. They're looking for they're looking into see what do I want to start this Twitch thing or this YouTube thing. What what advice would you give them? 
It's so funny because it's really the same advice that everyone would would give them. It's really this. All of us that have already already entered the business, it's got to be the same advice. It's always got to be the same. And that that in, don't get discouraged. Get into the business for a hobby first. It's what it needs to start as. You can hope that someday it'll be something else, but you need to do it because you like to do it. Make videos. Uh, don't take breaks. Make videos. Make videos. Make videos. Make videos. <laughs> like that's the that's the advice, and that's what it is, man. And you just really gotta. You can't get discouraged. You gotta be tenacious. You gotta do it for fun as a hobby to start, and you gotta make as many videos as possible because because when you're making videos, you're learning how to engage your audience with audio better. You're learning how to edit better. You're learning how to 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 play the game that you're interested in better. Mm-hmm. You're, there's so many things about just making the video um that that is going to make you better at the job and that stuff is the is the meat and potatoes of being a content creator so that's the stuff you at your core you need to be able to do the best and and so if you keep being able to do that stuff without getting discouraged and without taking breaks continuing to be tenacious then you're all good. i like um, that man I love it doesn't that. mean that you'll be popular because it's at this point, everybody like my son and all of my son's friends, you know, he's got like 10,000 children in the school. They all want to be YouTubers and content mm-hmm. creators now. And it's important that, that, that you keep that piece in mind. And it's the do not get discouraged piece. It's a hobby piece to start. And hopefully someday if you play your cards right, you get in proximity of somebody, you you find a, a niche that other people aren't doing, you're the funniest MFer in the whole world. There's something works for you to get you where you need to be. Absolutely, man. Thank you very much, Maz, for joining me, man. I think you provide a lot of insight. And I think there was a lot of stuff that you covered that a lot of the same a lot of the people that are going to listen to this podcast think about, you know, when they get in there and um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that your knowledge and, uh, and this podcast helps them kind of just get busy, kind of just get mad at it, roll their sleeves up and do it, you know, exactly what you got to do, man. It's got to be like that. You just got to go, 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 go. And don't stop. Thanks nope. so much, Maz. It was great to have you brother. No problem, dude. Thanks for having me. You know, as content creators, sometimes we get stuck on the details of how to start instead of figuring it out as we go and The simple truth is, you'll never exactly know what'll happen unless you try. I once told a previous employer that I didn't have time to complete a task he asked me to do, and he asked me, what if the task would have paid me a million dollars? You know, and it really got me thinking, would I have made the time? Of course, you know, it was an excuse that I was making. And I think with things like our job and responsibilities that limit our time, it can sometimes feel impossible to grow. But if you quit, you could miss an opportunity that could change your story into an adventure. If Maz would have never gone back to creating after that failed game experiment with Cube World or got frustrated enough with his limited time to stay consistent, he may have never found his way to where he is now. So I encourage you to think about what keeps you from creating or being consistent. And I look forward to helping you develop strategies that can save you time and and help you to grow i'd like to thank you so much today maz for joining us and sharing your story and insight with us you can be sure to check out the notes to find maz's channel on twitch and you can subscribe to this podcast so you can hear these episodes weekly or you can come by and catch them live on twitch.tv zuljan i can also provide more specialized coaching that you can find more about on patreon.com zuljan 
Once again, thank you for being here, and I look forward to seeing you back here on the next Create and Relate podcast.